Hi everyone. Well, it is nearly the big day, isn't it? In just over a week, we will be celebrating Christmas Day. Now, Christmas means lots of different things to different people. What are you looking forward to this Christmas? For some, it might be the food. You know that we often have special meals and particular food that we only eat at Christmas, don't we? It might be for you that time spent with loved ones, with family and friends, unhurried time spent with those close to us, away from our usual routines and tasks, is what you are looking forward most to. And for some, it might be the ritual of giving and receiving Christmas presents. Let me so let me ask you. Are you looking forward to receiving gifts this Christmas? It's okay if you say yes because I know I am. But let me also ask you. Are you looking forward to giving presents to others? Maybe then you might answer, well, not so much. It's difficult to buy presents for others, isn't it? It takes effort and time to think of something to get for them. We're getting to the point now in the calendar year where even Amazon can't guarantee to get those gifts to you in time. So that means you have to brave the, your local shops to buy them. Then you have to wrap them and all the things that go with it. Receiving a gift is wonderful, isn't it? But giving a gift can sometimes be difficult. But let me ask you this: Have you ever heard the saying, "It is better to give than to receive"? That sounds like the kind of sage advice you might see on an inspirational Instagram post, isn't it? Would it surprise you to know that that's actually from the Bible? The Apostle Paul, in Acts chapter twenty, said to his friends, "Remember the words the Lord Jesus Himself said: 'It is more blessed to give than to receive.'" So, according to Paul, Jesus said that. But what I found really interesting. Is that a recent scientific study appears to back that up? I read a psychological study that found that when people were told to spend an amount of money on themselves every day, their overall level of happiness diminished over time. However, when, the, when different people were told to give the same amount of money away every day, their overall level of happiness stayed the same. Now I find that really interesting, don't you? Particularly as this Advent, as a church, we have been looking at the gifts of the Magi, the wise men who came to see the child Jesus, and we're looking at what this account of the Christmas story can tell us about what generosity looks like, and how we can both give and receive well in our own lives, and what this story tells us about the greatest gift of all. So let's read today's verses together. We've been going through these same verses together as a church for the last couple of weeks, from Matthew's account of the life of Jesus, and this is from Matthew chapter two, verses one to twelve. Let's read them now. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, "Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose." And have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem, in Judea, they replied, 
for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judea, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me, so that I too may go and worship him. After they'd heard from the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen, when it rose, went ahead of them, until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. So, this part of the Christmas story was some time after Jesus was born. He's not a baby anymore, we read, because he's referred to as a child. We are told that the Magi came from the east. We're not quite sure where exactly, but the fact that they're referred to as Magi, which, is, which means priest in the Zoroastrian religion, indicates that they probably came from Persia or modern-day Iran. Today, we often refer to them as wise men. And we don't know how many of them there were, but we do know that they brought gifts of gold, frankincense and myrrh which is typically why we refer to this story as the story of the three wise men. In some translations, they get referred to as kings, but wise men is probably the closest translation. Now, over the last few weeks, we've already looked at the gifts of gold and of frankincense already. And today, I want to focus on the gift of myrrh. And I'm just going to come right out and say it. Myrrh is a strange present to give to a toddler, isn't it? It's a sticky, fragrant resin substance that's extracted from a particular tree. If you're thinking about what I just said earlier about giving and you're wanting to get some as a present for that, perhaps that special someone, I'll let you know you can actually buy it on Amazon, but be warned. It costs somewhere in the region of about 60 British pounds sterling per kilogram. It was expensive then and now, as it was most likely imported from Africa or West Asia. Now, myrrh isn't something we use a lot of these days, except perhaps maybe as an essential oil. But in ancient times, myrrh was very important in both religious and medicinal use. It might not have been a very useful gift for a baby, but it was certainly a gift fit for a king. But it was also a gift that spoke about what was to come for this child. And to understand that, we need to look at the next times Jesus encountered or used myrrh in his life. So fast forward about 30 odd years or so. The wise men called Jesus king of the Jews. Later in Jesus' life, he would be called that again, only this time by Roman soldiers brutally beating and mocking him as they crucified Jesus for upsetting the religious leaders of the day and by telling people that he is the son of God and the only way to God. As they hung him on a cross, Mark, one of the other gospel writers, tells us that they offered him wine mixed with myrrh. Myrrh was believed to have pain-relieving properties at the time, 
and so they gave him some in an attempt to ease his suffering. The next time Jesus used myrrh, he was already dead. We read in John's Gospel that someone brought a mixture of myrrh and aloes, weighing about 75 pounds, it's quite a lot, and taking Jesus' body, they wrapped it with the spices in strips of linen. Now the reason they did this is because myrrh is also an antiseptic. It prevented rot and decay. And the reason that is so significant is because Jesus, the Son of God, put to death by the very people he came to save, didn't stay dead. Three days after his death, he was resurrected into glorious new life to show us that he had once and for all defeated death and taken its power away for us. And I know that's what we celebrate at Easter, and this is Christmas. And Easter is next year. But even now, at Christmas time, people around the world who love God and want to worship him celebrate Jesus being born, but always with one eye on the cross. See, what we learn from the Magi is that Christmas actually is about gifts. But the greatest gift of all is not one given, but one received from God to us. John 3.16, that famous passage in the Bible says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son. The gift is Jesus, and we are the receivers. Coming face to faith with a Father God who loves us eternally, who gives our lives purpose and meaning, and who empowers us to live differently than what we had done before. Regardless of what that study says, receiving this gift will bring you infinitely more joy, peace and satisfaction than you ever believe possible. Now I think there are two responses, there are two ways in which we can respond to this gift. And I would say that the first is to simply receive the gift that is given to us. The gifts that the Magi bring to the child Jesus are a prophetic reminder about who he really is. In their own way, each gift told its own story about this divine child created in a woman's womb and yet who is also the creator of the universe in which he now inhabits. Every time we give and receive gifts to one another at Christmas, we are casting but a faint shadow, a mere echo of the greatest gift of all. And what do we do when we receive a gift? Well, typically we say thank you, don't we? We show our appreciation to the giver. We tell them what we like about the gift. We tell them what we like about them as the giver of the gift. You know what that is? That's called worship. In the same way, we should respond to God primarily with worship and adoration of the wonderful gift that he has given to us. Not by letting all of the trappings and the excesses that can often accompany Christmas get in the way of us celebrating and appreciating what is really important. Yes, Christmas is a time of lots of fun and laughter and food and presents and all of that wonderful things. But let us never forget what it is primarily about, us receiving a gift from God. And God gave us this gift because without Jesus, 
we would never have been able to be good enough to find our way back to the Father by ourselves. We would just get it wrong all the time, and you know this is true of your life. Sometimes when we, with the best intentions, when we try and do the right thing, we can sometimes just end up making it worse. The Bible calls that sin. So Jesus took our sin, our wrongdoing, on himself and dealt with it once and for all. Out of his death comes the sweet smell of myrrh, which is life for all of us. Because of his death, we live. Because of his wounds, we are healed. So we receive first and foremost. And perhaps one of the things we need to learn this Christmas is to, how, is to learn how to receive gifts well. Not just from one another, but from God himself, who reminds us at this time of year of the amazing gift that he has given to us. We receive first and foremost, and then we can look to how the Magi responded and to give out of the overflow of what we've already received. Giving is sometimes referred to as the three T's, time, treasure, and talents. The Magi show us how to give all three. They give their talents in their astronomical skills, by which I mean their skills in stargazing, not their huge astronomical skills. When they saw the star in the sky, when they checked back on their historical records and realized the significance of what they were seeing in their star chart and in the sky. Don't let the flashiness of Christmas blind you to the star of Jesus pointing the way. The Magi gave their treasure, didn't they? In the form of the physical gifts that they bring to worship and in adoration of the divine child king. This gold, frankincense and myrrh that we've talked about over these last few weeks. Expensive, outlandish, amazing gifts, but all with specific meaning, speaking towards kingship, speaking towards suffering, and speaking about love and value. And they gave their time as well to the Magi when they were obedient to the signs that they saw and made a long journey to a foreign land for something that they weren't really quite sure they would actually discover. They put it all out there, the Magi, in order to bring their time, their talents, and their treasure. The Bible tells us that we love because he first loved us. And the only way we can give in the, go the way God would have us give is if we do so from the position of recognizing how much we have already been given by him. But if it really is more blessed to give and to, than to receive, as that survey told us, then perhaps someone in your life would benefit from a gift of your time, your treasure, or your talents this Christmas. See, giving doesn't have to be all about tangible presents wrapped up in bows. Giving doesn't have to be all about pouring money in extravagant um, you know, celebration of someone. But God does call us to be a people of generosity, doesn't he? Jesus says, freely you have received, now freely give. So perhaps one way you can make a real difference to someone this Christmas is to ask yourself, how can I be a gift to someone today? For some of you, it might lead you to allocate some of your precious time in acts of service, whether it's with a charity or in your local church or even somewhere else. For some of you, it might mean that you need to give materially with your money into whatever God leads you into giving. 
And for some, it might lead you to bring your treasure. Whatever it might be, it might be that God is asking you, how can I be a gift to someone today? We want to be a generous people, don't we? We want to be a people that celebrates Christmas well. Yes, we get to enjoy all these amazing things that we do at Christmas time, and we shouldn't uh, despise those things. Food is good. Gifts is go- are good. Time spent with loved ones are good. But we also want to be a people that lives this out in recognition of God's great gift to us. So let me pray for us this Christmas. Father, I thank you so much for the gift of Jesus. Lord, we thank you that you saw it fit to give your one and only son to us, to show us what you are really like, God in human form living among us, to show us how we could find our way back to the Father God through Jesus and only Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that what you demonstrated for us wasn't just being born, was that you were born to come to die for our sins and for the sins of the world. And we are so appreciative of that, Jesus. We thank you that every time we celebrate Christmas, we're remembering what is to come and we're reminded of the great gift that we've been given. Help us to be a generous people this Christmas, we ask in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Well, God bless you and may you and those close to you have a safe, joyful and worshipful Christmas.